Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners. Welcome to Passion Harvest, where we try to inspire you to live a passionate life. I'm Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador, and thank you for making me a part of whatever you are doing right now. And if you like this episode, please subscribe. So I'm a bit starstruck today. I have an incredible guest on the show. A year ago or a bit over, I read one of her books and it blew me away. And if I knew a year ago that I'd be interviewing this incredible woman, I wouldn't believe it. So her name is Chris Griscom. And if you don't know who she is, Chris is a global spiritual leader, visionary and advocate for humanity and a leading world authority on reincarnation. Chris's lifelong work has been to elevate human consciousness through conscious technology, advancing all mankind as global cosmic citizens. Chris Griscom has founded several institutions that focus upon the uplifting of humanity and its role as guardians of our world, including the internationally acclaimed Light Institute of Galisteo. I hope I said that correctly, and it's on my bucket list. Chris has authored many books that have been translated around the world on subjects of high consciousness and human potential. This is her story, and this is her passion. Chris Griscom, welcome to Passion Harvest. How fun it is to be with all of you and to, to know that we're going to uh, hopefully elevate our sense of passion because that's what it is to be alive. <laughs> How wonderful. I'm so excited. I'll say, I won't say it again, but I'm so excited you're on the show. Um, I know you. I've put, um, given, you, given you so many questions and I don't know where to start, but I guess, I guess a lot of people might like to know about you and a little bit about your journey and how you got to the incredible place and space that you are at this point in time that we're speaking. You know, Louisa, I would say it's irrelevant, my story. And that story doesn't just begin with our birth. It begins through the echo of infinite incarnations that, that seem to bring us to certain points or, or opportunities for our evolution. And so what I would say is that each one of you have your own story. What is, uh, I think, powerful is where I am today and where all of us uh, are today and how we want to use life. One thing I would say is that I've had six near-death experiences. I've spent a lot of time in my life uh, dealing with death, and death has been a great teacher to me. And uh, so I have learned, talking about passion, uh, something that my own higher self always says, which is use life. Use life. Lose, use whatever is there and uh, orchestrate it in such a way that it that it uh, helps you to continually to expand your sense of self and not sense of self personally, but your sense of self as a, a part of the oneness of our, of our world and all the worlds. <laughs> Incredible answer. <laughs> so why are we here? Well, let me first give a little giggle to that and say, we're not accidents. 
we have come through the power of our soul's consciousness to incarnate, to reincarnate, to uh, again uh, evolve the soul, and that is a just—it's not a religious thing. It's a deep, deep uh, part of our essence. And so we're here, actually, all of us that are here on the planet right now are here because we're not beginners at all. We've been here many times. And so we have orchestrated this drama that we have going on right now that's been echoed through um, his, human history. And we're here right now to make that catapultic leap uh, to change what it is to be human, to change the reality structure that we have in this third dimension so that it expands and allows us to pull, to magnetize from the invisible worlds, the answers uh, to what needs to be changed. We need to change our economy. We need to change our bodies. Right now, I'm working on a book that's called Potential Body, Helix of Enlightened Health. And it's really about you know, how can we use our bodies? We see people doing incredible things with their bodies. What do you want to do with your body? Is it your destiny to get a virus? And, and how could you use that? Or not. Or, uh, or live to be 300 years and use life in a different way. And so uh, I think, why are we here? Because we chose to be here. And we have each one of us within us. Uh, incredible intelligence and wisdom and potential to offer something into this world, whether it's simply the beauty of your heart uh, or um, your capacity to, to um, again, expand your belonging, your sense of purpose in this world. And then I guess my question is, <laughs> from, your, from your perspective or your belief, Obviously, there is no beginning and there is no end, but is there a, a point in time when we reach, I mean, some people call it enlightenment, other people call it different things. Is there a point in time when we don't reincarnate anymore into the physical? <laughs> no, that I would say, I would, I would say having worked in the field of, in, of reincarnation for more than 66 years, imagine what I have discovered. Uh, there will always be reincarnation because... Mm -hmm. When we pass from our bodies, we take to the unmanifest uh, elements of potential that we have experienced into the unmanifest. And so if we did not come back from the unmanifest, the whole universe would fall on itself. There has to be manifestation. So we may not always incarnate as humans. We may not yeah. always incarnate on planet Earth, but we will always come back into form so that there is an evolution. And that evolution is part of our cosmos. It's, it's part of our many universes. And so it's important to, to realize that this is not your only try. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have many, many incarnations of the soul. And each time we polish, we polish that soul. And uh, we can do no wrong, so to speak, on that level, that we are always evolving. So we're all, all, always uh, moving forward um... To, to a greater sense of love in every aspect, we don't regress? No, we don't regress. Uh, we sometimes can, we might spend a number of lifetimes on one theme, what we call the Latin Institute, what is the theme that you're working on? Is the theme how to love and be loved? Is the theme to, to uh, express your power 
you know, there are infinite themes and you might take many incarnations to work on that theme each time from a different perspective. So evolution is not a direct up and down thing, it's a spiraling where we pick up threads from, from many incarnations and we utilize it even in this lifetime. We pick up threads from every experience that we have. And I would say that enlightenment is a kind of funny word because from my perspective, working with thousands of people on all levels around the world, each one of us has a point of enlightenment. There is something that you have polished and that you can use it now or you need to use it as a base. And so uh, some, sometimes people say to me, are you enlightened? <laughs> and I will say, of course, I am enlightened. I'm not enlightened about the hologram, but I am enlightened in many terms, in terms of the laws of the cosmos, for example, or some skill, some, some point of consciousness that I've accrued in this lifetime and many lifetimes, which is true of all of us. So enlightenment is not the end goal. The end goal mm -hmm. is the evolution of the soul, and it's eternal. I won't say, well, we're stuck here forever because <laughs> no, no, I love that. I love that answer. <laughs> I'd love to talk about it, the hologram, <laughs> the hologram in a minute, but it's, I, I myself have the same belief, but, but it's a very hard concept to grasp. You talk about, you know, right now and reincarnation, it's all happening now. There's no past, you know, in eight, I was, a, you know, in Egypt in, you know, past or in the 18th century, it's all happening right now. <laughs> that, that's a question that could take us many hours to truly answer. What I would say is that our access to what we call the past or our access to what we call the future is always available to us. And we can change, quote, the past. Nothing is frozen. Everything is a part of that evolution. And so, for example, in our incarnational work, when we, when we discover a theme, perhaps three or four lifetimes that relate to a theme by by clearing and releasing not holding those lifetimes but by releasing them the energy has the impetus to influence our lives and push us again into uh, a quickening of our evolution so the human concept of time um, is not exact at all and we should we should release that into the great now because at this moment it's where you place your consciousness that allows you to expand to what someone might say the 18th century or the 25th century, you know, or, or the uh, 12th dimension or other universes. It's all about how we can uh, extend our consciousness in a way that, again, we can utilize with these bodies, this vehicle of the soul, and in our experience of life now. That's what's important, not to run away from life, not to hide, uh, not to wish you could get out of body. I early on found that when, when uh, especially when we're doing a set of sessions called Clearing the Parents, we go to the moment of birth. And about 80% of people at the moment of birth, probably more, will say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've changed my mind. I don't want to. Oh. And uh, <laughs> okay. we need to be able to say, no, I know I chose this. I want to be here. I've come to give a gift. And so time, my first book it was called Time is an Illusion. And it is true. The last question about time, obviously it's now how we remember it, as you said, so the past, but is that also the same for the future? It's all happening 
in our memory right now? Future as the well? potential is always there. You see, we are a seed and we are here to seed um, generations into the future. The Native American would say, you are responsible for seven generations into the future. And so how you live your life echoes not only to if you were to have your own children and that legacy, but the legacy of humanity. Because what you think and what you experience and what you feel actually echoes out and influences choices that other people make. So one of my favorite and most powerful words is, is choice. So we want to be here now. We, we want to feel, okay, this is what I have at this moment. How shall I use my life? How should I use this moment? You know, uh, do, I, do I need to extend my consciousness and help the planet? Do I need to nourish myself? Do I need to pull, magnetize to me um, awakening of energies and consciousness that I've had through many incarnations? It helps us to let go of thinking, I find it humorous that many religions think you're going to go to heaven in the same body you have forever. <laughs> you're half your mother, half your father. How could you be stuck in one side or the other? We are not eternally females. We are not eternally males. And so there, there is this, this uh, pulsing uh, that describes uh, reality at any, at any time. And then I guess the question some people may ask, obviously you're a world-class expert on reincarnation and you know, healing, I won't say past lives, healing other lives. The question is why, what, what, how does it benefit us? Oh, thank you. You know, I work on scientists, I work on all kinds of people. And uh, sometimes people say, well, I don't believe in reincarnation. I said, oh, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant because I had a divinity school for 16 years. We never used the word belief because it's such a mental concept. It's such a habit. So what I would say is that um, what is true is that when you want to look at, again, maybe you have a theme of health and you want to look at a lifetime that's the cause of a disease you have today, and you go into that lifetime, your own higher self will choose a lifetime that's relevant to you at this moment. And what, people, what happens when people do this, they say, I, I don't believe in this, I say, fine, just see what comes up from you, because your emotional body will always choose a story that relates to you now. And so people will say, I couldn't have made that up, I would never have thought to make it up, but now I see why I have these relationships, why this is this way, this way, and this way. So the purpose of it is to clear away the places that were stuck and to open up a sense of self that's so much more expanded. So we can perceive, again, who we are from a place of strength and a place of belonging rather than separation and, and the victimization that we're so addicted to. It's very relevant to do incarnational work, but not to, not to hold the lifetimes, but at the Light Institute, and this is very specific to our work, through light, through, through a cosmic law of energy, we, we erase the lifetimes. And once we erase them, what happens is that the energy from it comes back and so suddenly after doing this work people's life changes because now they have um elements and energies that 
that ha they have touched on before that can serve them now. So I'm a very pragmatic, pragmatic person, really. <laughs> we have to be able to use it. Sure. So it's almost like letting go, uh, releasing baggage. It is, but you know, what's very important in terms of the laws of the emotional body, our emotional body is not just a concept. It's an actual entity. You know, it's an actual being. It has, it thinks, but it thinks emotionally rather rather than rationally and the, and the way it functions the emotional body functions through association and conclusion that's why it just keeps repeating itself so when we release baggage the emotional body would rather that you come back and hold that garbage you find another way to bring it back to you because the more that you suffer it creates a biochemical response in your body that your emotional body is addicted to so just like a child you have to give it something else and so uh, when we work we might look at okay what's the cause of some negative thing you go back to the source of it wow this is what i was doing there we release that but then we must come around the hologram and look at something that rebalances that you know that brings you to a place instead instead of judgment or beating your chest oh i did it wrong never mind come to a place where you were able Let's say you, you were a victim someplace. You want to come to another experience of the soul when you use your consciousness in a, in a, in a powerful way that served you and your embodiment and the world around you. That's how the emotional body needs, that's what it needs in order to evolve. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm just trying to digest everything you've said there. And you've talked about the hologram a few times during this conversation. We live in a hologram. We, is that what you're saying? We create our reality around us or everything is a mirror. Many people have different ways of putting it. Yes. Yes. Well, I would say that a hologram, you know, if you imagine a circle, a circle, that's, that's kind of a hologram. Only if that circle has diagonal energies that touch from this corner to this corner, but not just across the circle, but deep down in to infinity. So a hologram includes all, all that's there and all the potential. And that's the fascinating thing. So when I talk about the hologram, I'm talking about a hologram from a cosmic perspective. For example, the, the major theme of our intensives this year is called... Uh, universal destiny so think of yourself could you imagine that you that you are a part of a universe or, or a cosmic energy that your body could could be a body that's different than your human body that would be a hologram a holographic perspective that could influence your sense of self and expand you from that that old idea, we just must survive, you know, mm. the emotional body, I just have to win, I have to survive. No, no, you, your soul will always survive. And so you can afford to expand and pull to you, magnetize to you energies that can change everything about you and the world around you. That's such a big topic and theme at the moment, you know, creating your reality and manifesting, you know, abundance and everything that you want. Would you mind just the explaining that a little? Uh, sorry. 
the problem what did you say <laughs> with them you know it, they are true but they tend to have that kind of energy that well if something isn't perfect you did it to yourself well yes but that's not holographic that's too linear mm. you know um we participate through our conscious choice and our unconscious choices in everything that we magnetize and we magnetize even negative things to us uh to help us to to move through that to use that and to go on to a faster and higher energy so yes we create our reality but we don't want to we don't want to have that concept from a perspective of sort of it's your fault <laughs> you know or you're to blame if it's not perfect because for me if you're alive it's perfect it's perfect uh, you're doing what you designed for yourself now how to use life every moment at my school i would say to my students speak your truth but know that tomorrow your truth will change because you have grown you've expanded mm. yes so <laughs> if someone wants to attract some, something different in their life or change their life how how does one do it in simple, There's so many ways to do it. In a few yeah. sentences. <laughs> we have what we call exercises in consciousness. And so we use our consciousness, our capacity to imagine, to intuit something, and, and then uh, receive it as if we already had it, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the most important thing is to honor that you have the courage to change your life because most people feel that they can't change their life because they they look out at the world and they think i can't change the world or i can't change my partner you can always change you you can always change you and you do that you talk about passion passion is a wonderful way to magnetize to yourself because what happens when you're passionate about something when you're creating or you're doing something you forget the limitation of the self and the expansion of your consciousness goes what about that and i could do this and this other thing and that kind of consciousness it magnetizes is a great magnet and it magnetizes to you uh elements people situations moments a synergy that can support whatever it is that you're looking for. For ex let's get let me give you an example. Maybe you want to uh, amplify your abundance, and your idea of abundance is money. I need more money to do what I want in my life, yeah. especially right now on the planet where everyone's losing their jobs, etc. Yeah. An exercise in consciousness that, that I would give about that would be close your eyes take a deep breath into your body and ask your higher self or your body to show you abundance that you have at this moment it might be an abundance of friends it might be abundance of health it might be an abundance of intelligence or creativity but focus on some abundance that you have at this moment whatever that is then ask your body where it holds that abundance because we hold everything within the mind of the self so imagine maybe it's in your heart maybe it's your fingertips maybe it's your eyes imagine someplace in your body that's holding that abundance then bring your conscious awareness into that place in your body and prick open the encapsulation and let the energy of that abundance nourish you like food that it flows through your body and says oh Look at this abundance I have. I feel abundant. 
And when you feel that vibration, then you could take that, that energy, radiate it out from your body and superimpose it, let's say in some aspect, let's say superimpose that abundance onto, I need more money right now. And just imagine, however you imagine, that that abundance that you have is causing uh, 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 this miracle of financial abundance. And then you just let it go and open your eyes. So you see, you, you come from a place of I already have something and you take, everything is about energy. You take that energy and you place it where you need it. And then you let go and it's miraculous how suddenly, you, you meet someone, you, you're in the right place at the right time, something comes to you, you get an idea, and your life changes. That's how it's done. It's really simple. It's simple, but it's hard. And I guess, you know, our mind thinks all the time. So once you let it go into the ether or to the astral, to the universe, you just let it go and don't think about it anymore? Um, no, you can, you can repeat it in a different way. Uh, another exercise for that would be um, what color? What frequency of light do I need to feel abundance? Because the more you feel lack of abundance, the more you create that. Mm. Because your thought form says, I'm never going to have it. And so you block yourself. But if you say, what frequency of light do I need to, to have abundance at this moment? And then you draw that in. So it's all about nourishing yourself energetically or someone else. And you, and you pull that color into your body because, because, uh, uh, light is the essence of the cosmos. So when you pull that color in, um, it will start to change your mind and change your consciousness. And so then you begin to relax and you're not so anxious. You could do that every hour throughout a day if you wanted. That would continually free you from, I won't get it, I can't have it, it's not going to happen. We, you, don't not, you don't need that. That mm -hmm. doesn't help you. It doesn't help you. So you have to choose to, to use your consciousness and your energy in a way that supports you. And when you start going, for example, maybe you can tell us, Louisa, um, what, what kind of abundance did you have at this moment? You know, what kind did you have? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm now, look, now you're the interviewer. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have an abundance of love. I have children. Um, I'm financially oh. stable. I, you know, I live in a beautiful house. Um, yes. And I have this incredible platform called Passion Harvest. So I am very abundant. Yes, you are. And because you are, and because you're doing this program, you are seeding what the Native American says, seven generations into the future. You are seeding that sense of abundance because that's, that's what passion is. It's a very abundant kind of energy. It's an expansive energy. You are seeding that all the way around you. So the more that you look around in your life and you say, wow, I have this and I have this and I have this, uh, then any place that's not abundant will be filled with those other things. And so you change the structure. You can change the structure of your body that way. Fantastic. You are a gift, Louisa. Well, you are a gift, Chris <laughs> That's a lovely way to look at it. <laughs> and I, you know, the thing I love about passion is, it, you know, it's almost like childlike. So, and it raises your vibration because you're, you know, you're happy and you're excited. So I guess that also gets, you know, takes me onto, segues me onto this current climate and cycle of fear and how that lowers your vibration. If you wouldn't mind just discussing that briefly. 
I would love to discuss that because one of the things that I've talked about in this book I'm working on, and I'm also sending out little free three-minute blurps around the world about, you know, how to fix your body and this and that. And one of the things that I'm talking about is exactly that. Science teaches us that the human vibration, uh, normal vibration, is... Uh, uh, is 62 to 78 megahertz. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got to keep your megahertz, your electromagnetic energy up that high. And if you do, then you will be fine. You can't get a virus. What's interesting is that from 62 to 62 megahertz, you drop into the vulnerability of a virus or a cold uh, or a flu. One of the ways that I talk about all the time is spinning around like a child. You know, children love to spin around, yeah. but you must spin around to the right because you want to spin out your energy. You in the Southern Hemisphere, the, wor the world is spinning counterclockwise, but you still have to spin clockwise to expand who you are. And that will, that will increase your megahertz and, and help you to be, again, expanded in your consciousness, healthy in your body, uh, creative and passionate. And so I, I, I use essential oils. Uh, I love the kinds of things you have in Australia um, to increase your sense, your vibration. But when we spin around, it allows us to bring us into a meditative state like a child. Children love to spin around. I always say, if you have a child that's acting out, take them by their, their hands and spin around with them. <laughs> and you'll, one thing you'll notice is that you can't be angry. They won't be angry. You'll start laughing. Life is good. That's we a lovely. Have to, we that's have to lovely. So I'm just interested, and I probably know, I think I'm going to get these questions. Why only to the right and not to the left? Because it's, it's like centrifugal force. When centrifugal force, when you spin to the right clockwise, it spins out from you. So it stretches out your auric field. When you spin counterclockwise, you're spinning in. That's the balance of the earth. That, you know, down under you're spinning counterclockwise, we're spinning clockwise, so we fit together. The Sufis that spin and spin and spin, they're spinning counterclockwise because they're spinning God into them. They're not thinking about an emotional body. They're not thinking about their auric fields. They're spinning. They are consciously spinning the divine into them. That's why they spin counterclockwise. But you and I, we want to spin out so that we are, we're, if you're afraid, you're contracted. Fear is a very slow contracting energy. So if you're feeling fear and you open your arms and you spin around just till you get dizzy, which may be just two cycles <laughs> or more, uh, it will free you from your fear. It will quicken your frequency. And now that we're beginning to have all these, you know, 5Gs, 4Gs mm -hmm. and 5Gs, that's influencing the electromagnetic energies on the planet and it's causing diseases. What's the answer to that? Because it's probably going to happen whether we like it or not. Scientists are warning the world and saying, this is terrible, don't do it. And we're doing it anyway. Uh, so the answer for you and me is to quicken our frequency to get up there in a faster frequency so we can handle the radiation. Keep spinning to the right. Spin to the right. Keep spinning to the right until you get a little dizzy and then bring your thumbs in front of you and look at your thumbs so you don't fall down. The idea okay. is not to fall down. And how many times a day or just when you feel you need to ra raise your vibration? Do you feel like? 
Okay. When I first used to have to give talks, I was terrified because I was trying to be in my mind instead of in my consciousness. And so I would go into these little bathroom stalls, you know, <laughs> these little tiny stalls, and I would spin around. And that would, that would cause me to drop into a, a meditative state. That's why children like to spin because it, they're always in the alpha. And so in that state, they have an expanded consciousness. They're not anxious. And so it's a great way to get rid of anxiety and fear. So whenever you feel like it, if you're tired, by the way, or you have to go to bed, but your mind is on, what do I have to do tomorrow? Spin around a little bit. It will put you to sleep. Oh, I'm going to start spinning. I love that. How do you speak from your high consciousness in an honest and open way? One, not getting nervous, but two, how do you just express yourself? That, that's a wonderful, wonderful question. If you have a second, I'll tell you a story. Sure. From the time I was a little child, my mother died at birth, but then she came back. And she used to psychically say to me, when I die, tell them this. So at her funeral, uh, because I had begun public speaking, and I always had the first paragraph or the first sentence. Once I had the first sentence of what I was going to say, then I could just let go and it would come. So for the first time, I had no first sentence. I couldn't remember what she told me to tell people. And that was my initiation that said, let go of your mind. And what I would say is to meditate beforehand, spin around a little bit and meditate on the people that you're going to speak to and feel as if from your heart and from your sense of connecting with them, that's how you're going to speak to them. And what you say is irrelevant. You know, Louisa, that... People don't really understand what you say. And if you, if you let go of, I have to give you this message, you must understand it. If you let go of that and just know that you're going to transmit. I used to give a course called Transmission. If, you, if you're just going to transmit uh, an energy that inspires or informs, uh, that's enough. And so you have to switch your perspective of what you're doing there. And that's what makes it easy so that you're not anxious about it. And it's funny because... It I comes mean, from really trusting yourself. A good exercise in consciousness for that would be to remember a time when you gave a great uh, social media event. You know, you gave a great interview, you did something. Remember that. Ask your body where it holds that memory. And then let that energy of being successful flow through you and at the same time let the memory go so it's not tethered to that memory but inside you you have this sense of yes i know how to do this and that will release your anxiety thank you for sharing that that's great and you know a lot of people write the most beautiful poetic speeches and say i have to say those words but it doesn't really matter about the words um so it's the, the intention um, in the essence of time, I'd briefly like to talk about, you mentioned your, you have four-day workshops. Um, I think you have one in Germany and Greece, which sound quite incredible for people that are interested. Would you mind just explaining briefly what happens there? I would there? love to. <laughs> what happens is that we spend four days doing incarnational work, looking in other dimensions uh, that will support our lives now and our purpose and our sense of self and clearing away any debris. 
And then I am there, of course, and so I work twice a day with people doing exercises in consciousness. And it's, it's just, it's life-changing. It's something that we can do for ourselves. The one in Greece is a double header. The first one is four days talking about relationships. Um, we need to relate to ourselves in a new way. That's a big and we one. We need to see that how we how we use a relationship could be completely different. We're not in the past where women had to have men, or men had to have women, or we had these defined roles. We're in a new level, and so we can we can have soul relationships that that um, bring us more happiness, more passion, more connection. And so I'm really looking forward to the relationship one. And then following that will be this one that is universal destiny. And universal destiny helps us to have a sense of ourselves uh, having chosen to be in life in the midst of all this drama, not because we're victims of it, but because we have something to offer. Maybe what you have to offer is the smile you give to someone or a word you give to someone that makes them feel safe. There's so many ways to, to use life, you know. And so, but this universal destiny allows us to imagine the universe and, and how our consciousness could be a part of it. Many bodies that we've had. One of the things that I love about incarnational work is that looking at a different lifetime, you may have, been, you may have had a lifetime as a male and had different qualities, you know, or a female or a body that wasn't human. I love the pictures of your animals behind you. One of my passions <laughs> is the natural world. And I have some beautiful uh, uh, pictures that someday I'll do a book from called Rock Spirits. And I have a fantastic dragon from uh, Australia. It, it's a perfect dragon. Huh. And, and so <laughs> uh, we can relate to animals. We can relate to um, different uh, levels of life that can inspire us and can make us feel that we belong or that, that we are loved or that we can be connected. And that's what's so delicious about life. Well, so you're... the intensives are, we get together someplace, we do three hours, about three hours a day, you personally with a facilitator, and you have these wonderful explorations by yourself. And then you have meditations with me and chats with me and practices of consciousness with me. We all eat together and they are, they're fantastic. I love them. How wonderful. I'm, I'm definitely coming one day and I'm really excited about that. <laughs> it's we interesting. You, met, it, you know, it's, they sound amazing. Amazing. Actually, I had a guest on the show, a guest on the show the other day that said, Oh, your animals are so interested in what we're talking about. <laughs> yes, exactly. Me. I kind of feel the same way. So they're kind of coming out from behind you. <laughs> Absolutely. And people often say when I am uh, working that the room is crowded because, again, from many dimensions, there, there is consciousness that, that not only guides us but, but inspires us. We're, we're not alone on any, on any level. And so, but this is a time when we, we really must uh, continue to evolve as quickly as possible. And we at the Light Institute, we work on ourselves at least three times a year. Mm. So it's, you know, we would never think of giving you uh, uh, an intensive about the universe or about relationship if we hadn't done it on ourselves first. And that's what 
makes it so much fun. Great, fantastic. It's been such a delight to have you on the show. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like particularly to um, express to our audience before we wrap up? Yeah, I, I would like to say to all of you, I know it's a difficult time, uh, but it's a time that we as a soul group have chosen. That's why we're here together. And we have chosen to change what it is to be human, how we care about each other, how we manifest, how we live. There should be no one who is hungry. There should be no one who is suffering diseases. Diseases are illusion of our lack of awareness. <laughs> and so what I would say to you is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't say, well, I'm afraid because, because, because. Instead, say, I know that I'm here to be the answer. You are part of the solution. So the more that you can be peaceful. I, I love meditation. I love being in nature because if you are peaceful, you are not afraid. If you're not afraid, you can be peaceful. If you are peaceful, you have something to offer, which is your true self. And so just know that uh, we're going to get through this together and it's going to change who we are. We are a soul family and my heart extends to all of you. I carry you in my heart. I'm feeling the love. That was beautiful. <laughs> Chris Griskin, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. <laughs> it's been such an honor and a delight and I can't wait to share this um, interview with the audience and the world. So thank you so much. Oh, it's truly my honor and, and truly, truly, what a gift you give to the world by doing this. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion as always. Every day, may you be more and more passionate.